Andrew Cuomo does the logical thing, but it might not be over. The U.N. continues to push climate change, even with nothing new to report, and the White House has paid 150 taxpayer dollars for that. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh my gosh, there is so much going on, I can't even get it all in one podcast. As a matter of fact, I'm probably only going to get to two stories today. Well, three stories, technically, because we got our TikTok video, and our TikTok video is a political story. It's hysterical. Andrew Cuomo's had a, a really tough year in the last year, sort of. He also got rich, okay? Uh, his COVID policy put old people back into retirement homes, killing 15,000 people, and then he lied about it. And, yeah, he would have been under investigation for that stuff, but Joe Biden canceled all investigations. By the way, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, she also benefited from that. He sold a poster touting COVID success to fight, despite the fact that his state was second in the country on COVID deaths to New Jersey. He sold, he made $5 million on a book about his success during COVID. Of course, he forced his staff to help produce the book using government funds, which, by the way, is illegal, and I'm not sure anyone is investigating that. He's been accused of sexual harassment. He's been accused of sexual assault. And he's been accused of bullying other politicians. Now, this isn't a new thing for Cuomo. He's been doing this for years. Because one of the things you hear from him, well, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. Yeah, no, he knew. He signed in legislation about sexual harassment. And, of course, none of those classes that he made other people take he actually ever took. So he would send a proxy in his place to those sexual harassment classes. Maybe he should have taken one or two. Um, of course, there were calls for him to resign. But the problem is this guy wanted to be president one day. Him resigning would have ended his career, sort of. we got to be careful with that. He was going to fight. Let's face it, Ted Kennedy survived Chappaquiddick. Ralph Northam survived as governor of Virginia, even though he was either dressed as a KKK guy or a um, uh, in blackface. Either way, that should have been enough. Heck, and this is probably what he's hoping for. Marion Barry was caught on cap camera accepting brides and smoke uh, accepting bride bribes and smoking crack went to jail, and then became mayor again of Washington, D.C. Democrats always seem to survive these scandals. But Cuomo had some real issues here if he decided to continue being the uh, governor of New York. Um, yes, he's never going to face the consequences of killing 15,000 people and then lying about it. He's never going to face the consequences of writing a book and then having his staff with government funds, with taxpayer funds, publishing it. But Cuomo's got more issues than that. 86% of the Democrat politicians want him to resign. His, he lost all his emergency powers that he gained during the uh, COVID crisis because it was taken away from him. Not because there's not an emergency, because they were taken away from him. 
His staff is resigning. Impeachment is underway and actually has been in the works for three weeks. And now a criminal complaint has been filed against him. He had no choice but to resign. He knew that his political career may not be over if he resigned and hopefully avoids a lot of this crap because that's what he's hoping for. That a lot of this crap in five years is forgotten or two years. He may not even be waiting for five years. Here was his announcement. Kind of a long announcement, but I, I, I didn't want to skip most of it. This situation, by its current trajectory, will generate months of political and legal controversy. That is what is going to happen. That is how the political wind is blowing. It will consume government. It will cost taxpayers millions of dollars. It will brutalize people. The State Assembly yesterday outlined weeks of process that will then lead to months of litigation. Time and money that government should spend managing COVID, guarding against the Delta variant, reopening upstate, fighting gun violence, and saving New York City. All that time would be wasted. This is one of the most challenging times for government in a generation. Government really needs to function today. Government needs to perform. It is a matter of life and death, government operations. And wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. New York tough means New York loving. And I love New York. And I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do, because I work for you. And doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you. Because as we say, it's not about me. It's about we. Kathy Hochul, my lieutenant governor, is smart and competent. This transition must be seamless. We have a lot going on. I'm very worried about the Delta variant. And so should you be. But she can come up to speed quickly, and my resignation will be effective in 14 days. Okay, I listened to his entire speech. It was 25 minutes long, kind of long. Go to Dumbass Talking Politics. You can not only hear it, you can watch the video. Okay, it, that's fine. But a couple of things. He started the video with apologizing, not for his misconduct, but for the women misunderstanding what he was doing. Okay, that's not an apology. He apologized to them because what he did was okay 15, 20 years ago, and it's just not okay today. So in other words, the Overton window 
which is the window of um, appropriate behavior, had shifted on him, and he didn't know that. So in other words, he didn't take responsibility. The The apology was irrelevant. Then he sat back and said that this whole thing, which you heard in the statement that I just let released, that I just showed you, is about um, politics. And that he's resigning because he can't overcome these politics. In other words, not only is he not resigning, he's now a victim of politics. Absolutely incredible. Now, what's what's worse about this, a lot of people didn't say it, um, 14 days to resign. Why 14 days? I'm sorry, that 14 days to resign, he can do a lot of weird stuff in that 14 days. I heard from one uh, guy today that he could actually take power based on emergency executive order in those 14 days. How many prisoners can he release in those 14 days? When Nixon resigned, he literally left the West Wing and then walked to the plane. He was gone. It was over. We're going to have to see about this. I'm not so sure. And this is going to be the other thing. Can he actually write a pardon for himself? That's going to be the question. In these next 14 days, can he be pardoned? We'll have to see what's going to end up happening. And then there are other things. Maybe Joe Biden will pardon the guy because he did such a, quote, great job, end quote, as being the COVID master in the last year, even though he killed 15,000 people and then died, then uh, lied about it. We're going to have to see what's going to end up happening. There's a reason he he took those 14 days. And he basically said in his... his, um, speech that Lieutenant Governor Gary Hochul, Hochul or whatever it is, who will be taking over needs to be brought up to speed. She's the Lieutenant Governor. Shouldn't she already be up to speed? She's his second in command. She's a Democrat. We'll have to see how she is. Supposedly she's more moderate, but these aren't moderate times. I got to tell you, I'm really surprised this guy resigned. I, I really am. Except that he was right. He would have to go an impeachment. He's going to have an impeachment hearing. He's going to have to go through a, a criminal hearing now. I think one of the reasons he resigned is because impeachment was when his crap was actually because I read that report, 143 page report. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't know how much of it's true or not. My guess is probably a lot of it's true. But he doesn't want his name dragged through that. So this was probably the best idea for him. And I'm just wondering, a couple of questions, another question comes out. There's talk in New York, they want to impeach him anyway, so he can never sign up for another office. We're going to have to, I mean, it's happened before. Remember, Trump's impeachments had real effect on the country. It really did. So impeaching someone that's after, I don't agree with it, by the way. You're out of office, you're out of office. You want to run again, go for it. Spend million dollars, millions of dollars, run again. But I, 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 I just think that, you know, 
Again, more money will be wasted. And that will be Cuomo's defense. If they try to impeach him after he he resigns and leaves office, he's going to sit there and say, it's all political, I told you. So not only did this guy not take responsibility, he's blaming politics. And if they decide to impeach him after, it's going to be about politics. If the criminal case goes forward, it's going to be about politics. This son of a gun will never take responsibility for what he's done. It's really kind of disgusting. Okay, the next thing, I, the next story I want to talk about, and it's actually, we only have two, we only have a couple stories. This one's a long one. Uh, this one involves the United Na- Nations, and they just released a IPCC report. I don't know what IPCC means because I didn't actually write it down in my notes. So I'm not even going to bother with it. I think it's international, I don't know, climate change something or other. Uh, And what it is, is they released this on Monday and they say that the climate is in such dire straits that we only have 30 years before the earth folds and we all die of incineration. Um, It's said that the planet is on its way Wait for it. Climate catastrophe. It is written by a bunch of politicians and scientists from every country around the world. And of course, it's always the United States' fault. Now, I refuse to read the entire 1,400-page report because I'm lazy and I got better things to do. I did read the 43-page summary, and basically there was nothing in the summary except that, you know, it's capitalism's fault and crap like that, and we're all going to die. I think the report is worthless, so I decided to read an article from the Wall Street Journal to actually confirm that it was worthless. Damn, I pay $28 a month for the Wall Street Journal, so I might as well use it. According to the editorial board... This report has told us nothing new about the IPCC climate report, which is released every year. It's released nothing new since 2013. That's because there's nothing new about it. Listen, I'm going to give you the process of how these reports work and how they're actually sent to all of us. Why they're always 1,400 pages and how the media reports them to us. First off, there is a five-step process. It's very simple. Scientists, and I'm going to put that in scare quotes, run simulations that come up with multiple variables, put into a computer program, and analyze those those scenarios, and then spits out the results. That's the reason why these reports are always 1,400 pages, because typically they contain between 5 and 20 different scenarios that has to explain the process of each scenario, the results of each scenario. They contain all these different scenarios with these different variables. The reason they do this is because real scientists actually want to look at the data and sit back and say, yay or nay. If they say yay, it confirms the data. If they say nay, the data needs to be looked at and then people like me are right about what I think. 
Then number two, the scientists do studies actually do the studies are actually aligned with the political stance of the United States nations. Now, mind you, here's the thing. It's not just scientists that write this report. It's scientists and politicians. That's why a lot of scientists argue that the stats are wrong months after the report is released and the media doesn't talk about it. They find that the stats don't lead to the conclusions that they come up with. This is where the the Washington, or not Washington Journal, the Wall Street Journal really kind of points this out. Next, the UN then makes their conclusion based on the worst case scenario, and that's exactly what they did in this report. They were talking about, they were saying, we're all going to die in 30 years because of something called the RPC 8.5. Okay, I'll get into that. I'll let the... the, uh, a Wall Street Journal talk about that, but the RPC 8.5 basically says that we are going to die because we are going to raise our temperatures by 8.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 4 degrees Celsius in the next 30 years. That's insane. We have raised maybe 1 degree Celsius in the last 120 years. And now you guys are saying we're going to raise in the next 30 years? 8 Celsius? Hold on to it. Because a lot of this stuff... Here's the whole thing with this this climate change thing. I really don't argue it. I don't argue it because I don't understand the science of climate change. And the science of climate change continually changes. If people looked at how the science changes as much as they see how the climate changes... Probably no one's going to panic about it, but that's what they do. So they take that eight, that RPC 8.5 deal and they announce it to the world. Of course, you need to read the other 1,200 pages to find out, oh, that's not the worst case scenario. The media doesn't read the entire report because who has time to read 1,400 pages and then they read the worst case scenario and they claim climate emergency. And finally, last step, Greta Thunberg jumps on a boat, comes to the United States and screams at Americans. How dare you? That's how this works. I mean, I'm telling you. So the editorial board of the, the Wall Street Journal sat back and said this. This was awesome. I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay. So what they basically said in this one section is, quote, the report says the earth has warmed 1.1 degrees Celsius since the last half of the 19th century, which is 0.1 degree warmer than its last estimate. This is not apocalyptic. The five alarm headlines arise from the predictions of future temperature increases if greenhouse gas emissions, specifically CO2, continue to increase. The new report offers five climate scenarios. That's what I was telling you. They offer five scenarios. That's why this is 1,400 pages long. The new report offers five climate scenarios based on estimates of CO2 emissions. The intermediate scenario's best estimate is 1.5 degrees increase by 2040 and a range of 2.1 to 3.5 degrees Celsius by 2100. This is highly speculative estimate on which 
to bet the U.S. economy. The reason it's highly speculative is because the weather changes. The climate changes constantly. We may be heading to, to a uh, uh, another heat wave like the dinosaurs had. We may be heading towards that. We also may be heading to, uh, unlikely, but to an ice age. We don't know. That's the whole point. The article continues. The biggest difference is the new report's direct linkage of warming to catastrophic weather events such as hurricanes, severe heat waves, waves or rain events, drought, and so on. By the way, California, I live in California. Last year, we had a couple of days that were over 100 degrees. Okay. Um, I have yet to have the temperature in California over 90. So right off the bat, my big question is, okay, where's the heat wave that we're supposed to be seeing that's going to burn us all to a cinder? Not happening. And by the way, California, the reason they have a drought problem is because they mismanage the state. We do not, we have trillions upon trillions of gallons of water we could be making. And we've always had water issues in California. This didn't happen in the last 30 years. They were talking about droughts back in the 70s. We've always had water problems. It's because California, here's a newsflash, you're going you're gonna to hear it here, it's a desert. Most of California is a desert. To sit back and say, oh, we're having major drought, okay, whatever. Okay, the summary says this is based on, quote, new methodology, quote, and evidence, which means computer models. That's not evidence. Computer models are not evidence. That's what the article is basically saying. We await what independent climate experts says that as they dig into these models. But we know climate models are far from perfect, which explains the varying confidence levels attached to the report's predictions. Steve Kuchin, that's important, because here's the deal. Even the report says the chances of something happening. For example, is it going to rain a lot in California? They actually have high chance, medium chance, low chance. They actually do talk about that in the report. That's why I don't read reports anymore. It's always guesses. Steve Coonan, a scientist and former Obama official, devotes an illuminating chapter to, quote, many muddled models, end quote, in his recent book about climate science called Unsettled. Okay, a bunch of things here. Um, between 1900 and 2021, we've warmed up a grand total of 1.5 degrees or one degree Celsius in 170 years. We, I also have to point out that weather was not much of a science back in 1900. So even climatologists say you can't really trust the numbers from 1900. Meteorologists say they can tell weather accurately up to three days. Everything after that is more hypothesis, in fact. And hypothesis is based on what they know. We are now trying to figure out 20 to 80 years from this point. Um, we can't tell what the weather's going to be on Friday, and we're trying to figure out what the weather's going to be 80 years from now? We have... We only have, at the most and very suspect, 170 years of weather history. 
out of hundreds of thousands of years of weather through the existence of the earth. And guess what? It kind of fluctuates. It probably fluctuates in a, how shall I say, it probably fluctuates in a pattern. We don't have enough information. And the catastrophic events thing. This just drives me crazy. The strongest hurricane recorded in the United States was in 1980 with Hurricane Andrew. The second was in 1961, which was Carlo. Carla. They also believed that the 1935 Labor Day hurricane might have been bigger. And there are hurricanes in the 1800s that were catastrophic. They think they might have even been bigger than that. But here's the problem with these theories. They didn't know how to measure them. The measurements were not scientifically conclusive. To this day, there are scientific articles that say the biggest hurricane we had happened in 1880 and they believe that the winds were at over 200 miles an hour. Andrew's winds were at 185 miles an hour. So to sit back and say, that we have had worse hurricanes today than we did back then is incorrect. We don't know. I mean, it could be correct, but we don't know. The other thing about the hurricanes is, on record, we aren't having more hurricanes than we did 40 years ago, 50 years ago. We're not having more. As a matter of fact, world the world climate uh, archaeologists have said Got the same number of hurricanes and typhoons, which are hurricanes located in the Orient or in Asia, are the same number that they had 50, 60, 70 years ago. That's not a thing. And the earth, the earth has warmed overall. And there's no doubt man has something to do about it. But eight, and it's crazy to believe that 8 billion people on earth are not affecting the weather. We can't know for certainty, okay? But what we do know is that, one, we don't know what we're doing to the earth. And two, it's probably not climate catastrophe. We're not all going to get burned to a cinder. The United States does not need to kill capitalism to end this crisis, especially considering the United States, the only capitalist country in the world, actually is pushing out less carbon than countries like China, India, or even South America and Africa. In fact, it's here's something wild. It's going to be capitalism that creates the innovation, innovative solutions, such as new energy, new modes of transportation, and new technologies that's going to lower our footprint on this world. And you know something? Capitalism is already doing it. Electric cars, which were once a dream and only for the rich, are now becoming mass-produced and becoming affordable. The Prius, which has got to be the ugliest freaking car in the world, is all over the place. You can't take an Uber without taking a Prius. Teslas are, you cannot spit without hitting a Tesla. And the technology is getting better. People are beginning to see, okay, the batteries in the Tesla and the, and the Prius are really iffy. 
But the reality is we're developing other batteries and we're also developing ways to get rid of those batteries so they don't end up buried under the ground. We have alternate we have alternative energy that doesn't produce carbon emissions, such as natural gra- gas and nuclear power, which, by the way, the Democrats are really against. Can I ask you a question? Why are the Democrats against nuclear power or natural gas? That should be the question. We need to end oil, but we're not going to have a replacement? I mean, we're going to go back to the 1800s? We're going to take trains? We are flying. We're about to be, there's about to be passenger travel to space in the next 10 years. And now you want to go backwards? We're even finding alternative foods to beef. They're developing alternative foods to beef. Not necessarily because of the Green New Deal, but because, you know, cows are really cute. I mean, then we're going to have a cow... We're, I got into an argument with some, with some with the guy I talked about on Saturday. He said, well, what do you think about climate change? I think climate change is real. But, I mean, killing cows is not going to solve the problem. Well, why? If we stop eating beef, there won't need, be a need for cows. I said, well, then who's going to kill the cow? You're going to start killing cows? Oh, PETA is going to have a day with that. Cows are not going to go away because we stop eating beef. They're going to overexpand. Look at India. India does not eat beef. There are cows everywhere in India. Finally, with the development of space travel, and I'm serious about this, we can find alternative sources of energy in space. On Mars, on the moon, maybe on further planets, maybe Jupiter. Well, Jupiter is going to be impossible. Saturn is going to be impossible. Yeah, well, I mean, heck, all the gas planets are going to be impossible to land on. But maybe we can find those alternative fuel energy sources that don't create a um, that don't create a footprint, carbon footprint. But no one's looking at that. No one realizes we actually have to innovate, which communism and socialism doesn't allow in order to figure that stuff out. But there's another reason technology and capitalism allowing for innovation is important because socialism doesn't allow for innovation. It's adaptation. The reality is we're not going to change the weather. That's a reality. Um, The weather's going to do what the weather does. Climate's going to do with what the climate does. Whether we're causing it, which I believe we are, or whether the climate just changes because that's what the history of the planet has been. The earth is going to do what the earth is going to do and we can't stop it. Man has proven that he is much more capable of adaptation than the ability to fix things. Ben Shapiro's podcast talks about this a lot. We have done that for centuries. Everyone is worried about the seas rising. Hello? Holland and New Orleans already live under sea level. And technology has dealt with it. Now, I know Katrina actually flooded New Orleans, but let's not forget, Katrina and the dams in New Orleans 
were a problem with government mismanagement. Those dams were ready to break. All they had to do was repair them, and they never did. When the seas rise, people will do a couple things. They'll deal with it. They'll build walls. They'll build barriers. Or they'll just move inland. When we have a drought, we can solve that problem. California is idiotic for not already have solving solved any kind of drought crisis that we have in this country. Saudi Arabia doesn't get any rain. Saudi Arabia doesn't have any rivers or anything like that with enough water to support their population. They're using water purification of the ocean. Do you know what Democrats say? And by the way, Democrats are completely against this because they believe, honestly, this is what they think. We could end up sucking out all the water out of the oceans. I mean, oh my Lord. Basic science tells you you can't do that. It's insane. But it doesn't matter. I also find it ironic, in closing with this story, that the UN is rejecting the same innovation from capitalism that invented the computer systems that they're running their climate models on. I would even bet you they're using a Dell, HP, or IBM because no other countries actually create, besides China, actually create any kind of computer services that could handle that kind of load. And by the way, Dell, HP, IBM, American companies. Incredible. They're actually using our innovation against us. Okay, last story. Okay, anyway, so the White House has decided that they need to um, get people to get their shots for COVID-19. Okay? And they decided, and by the way, people who get who haven't gotten their shots blacks hispanics and Repub- and right wing republicans those are the ones that refuse to get their shots that's just a fact blacks are the highest percentage there's 70% of blacks that haven't gotten their shots yet uh, I, I think that's actually lower i heard 70% today but i think it's around 60 hispanics they're around 60 uh, 40% that have gotten their shots and republicans um, I think they're still kind of high. There are about 45 to 50% have gotten their shots because Trump did innovate, uh, push the vaccines and he continues to push the vaccines. So the White House in their genius has decided that they're going to spend taxpayer money to hire a consulting firm to figure out how to create advertisements to get their shots. So what they did is they ended up spending, I want to say this guy got like 150,000. I don't know for a fact. I didn't even read it. I just watched the video and I was like, no, I, they hired this company that hired this guy to actually do their vaccine shots. Okay. So this is going to be my TikTok of the day. And if you don't, you're not sure. If this is actually from the White House, it's filmed in the White House and Jen Psaki is co-starring it. So when you hear a woman, by the way, 
this TikTok star, just to give you an idea, because I hate TikTok. When I say TikTok, you already know where I'm going with this whole thing. This TikTok star is a gay transvestite. He is showing up with fake fingernails on his hand. He's wearing a dress in half the video, and he's wearing black and white, a short suit, suit with shorts in the video. If you want to actually watch the video, uh, I would suggest going to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at it. This is absolutely insane. I'm sure you've seen it because everyone has been talking about it. So here it is. One sec. Democracy's calling. <laughs> See you, Daddy. Bye. Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. <laughs> we did a joke. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh-oh. Usually I start off with a big coffee. Sorry, they're like really strict in here. Hey Jenny, I booked you a nail appointment, love. Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that. It's called initiative. <laughs> Hi, White House, this is Cooper. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, doesn't matter. This is actually the entrance to the West Wing. This is so fun and it's really prestigious. Hey POTUS. Is Olivia Rodrigo still here? No. Come a long way in our fight against this virus. We've vaccinated 160 million Americans. Are you getting this all down? Don't worry, Queen. It's all right here. Cooper. Sorry, Miss Jen. And Jen, don't forget to have fun. Spirit fingers, Mama. We need to get shots in the arms of every single American. I'm heading to a haircut. Comment if you want me to make more of these. Now, I'm not sure if Jen Saki, how involved Jen Saki was with this decision. But in a couple of areas where she was in it, she actually looked horrified. Like, what? Jen Psaki is, if anything, she's kind of professional. And I think that... I'm giving her credit here. I'm going to assume something here. I don't think this is something she would have been, like, really good with. I, I think this was somebody else's idea. But the fact that the government spent any money is disgusting. The other thing that's been brought up on everywhere now is who the hell is this appealing to? You've got a 19-year-old transvestite. By the way, his pronouns are he and him. So he's a man. He's just a gay transvestite. Fine, I don't care. Who the hell is this going to appeal to? Do you think blacks are going to say, oh yeah, oh geez, if this guy does it. Yeah, I need to get my shot now. Do you think the Hispanics are going to look at this and say, oh yeah, this is, I now necessita mi chato. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that the guy in the Midwest who refuses to get a shot because of, of some bizarre whatever reason Okay, or maybe he just doesn't want to get a shot. I don't know. But you think that Midwestern Republican is going to sit there and say, yeah, no, I'll get my shot now. No, it's not going to happen. The question I have for the Biden administration, do you know how the Biden administration can get everyone to get their shots? Acknowledge that Donald Trump actually was the president that pushed for the vaccine acknowledged that Donald Trump didn't walk into his bathroom one day and formulate this vaccine 
acknowledge the vaccine is good, and then have Donald Trump say, go get your vaccine. Donald Trump was on Dan Bongino this weekend, and that's exactly what he said. Yeah, no, you should get your vaccine. I got it. Everyone I know has got it. Contrary contrary to what the Democrats are saying, Fox News is really pushing the vaccine. Daily Wire is really pushing the vaccine. The vaccine is being pushed by conservative outlets. I would say I'm a conservative outlet. I've gotten the vaccine and I feel great for it. I won't get a booster, but I feel great for it. And I think this is the problem with the Biden administration with these vaccines. And I don't talk about it because everyone talks about it. The vaccine mandates. And now France is actually, the police are making sure people have their vaccine passports when they are sitting and drinking their coffee. I don't believe in any of that. We talked about that yesterday. We're going to talk about that again when it comes up. But to sit back and throw this guy, and I use that term loosely, he's a guy because he says he's a guy, is insane. That's not going to get the unvaccinated vaccinated. Let me give you a let me give you a truth. Anyone who isn't vaccinated by now is not going to get vaccinated. They don't want to. My dad, he's not vaccinated now. He'll never get vaccinated again. He's 77 years old. I worry about him. By the way, he's the reason I got my vaccinations. And you know this already. So it's absolutely insane to think that this guy is going to change anyone's minds. You want to change people's minds? Have Joe Biden stand on the lectern with Donald Trump and say, and Joe Biden should say, Donald Trump has a message for you. That's going to get people vaccinated. But no, vaccinations are just another cudgel, just like the mask mandates. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at the links. I hope you enjoyed. I went a little bit over, but I won't tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>